Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Tenet Talk, a podcast for contractors. We share the information and quick answers you need on construction technology related to equipment fleet operations and management for your business. This mini-series is hosted by Four Construction Pros. Hi, my name is Kurt Bennett. I'm the Senior Editor of Equipment Today. Today, we will be discussing how an evolution in construction technology can give you a clear competitive advantage when it comes to managing your equipment fleet. My guests today include Russ Young and Jay Snyder. Russ Young is Vice President of Growth at TANA, a construction technology platform that revolutionizes equipment fleet operations. Russ has transitioned into construction industry from the technology sector. With recent experience at FMI and Oracle, as well as prior work experience, helping build the Google and Amazon web services ecosystems. Jay Snyder is technology and innovation practice leader at FMI, a management consulting and investment banking firm dedicated exclusively to the engineering and construction industry. Jay has transitioned from construction technology. He has been named to an Autodesk top 50 construction influencers two times. Right now, we are going to spend a few minutes discussing general trends in construction technology and then we'll dive into the specifics around construction equipment management. Let's dive into equipment management with Russ and Jay. The first question is for you, Russ. Um, The technology to better manage construction equipment fleets has been rapidly evolving with the continuing evolution of real-time telematic data. Yet, every manufacturer has developed its own proprietary system, along with many third-party systems available to contractors that may or may not interface with other project management tracking software. How can the contractor consolidate equipment management solutions while obtaining a better focus on company objectives? Oh, yeah, it's a a great question, Kurt. Thanks. I think the uh, evolution was the key word there and that that we we saw a similar evolution with other technologies that uh, where there were point solutions to solve points of the problem. But, you know, now we finally uh, see a graduation there. So I I think it's good to back up and look at where are in construction, uh, where we're seeing really huge value um, in companies investing well in tech. Uh, There's a lot of money coming into the space. We're seeing a lot of excitement from construction firms and investing uh, in construction technology specific to construction equipment. But we're also seeing people that are sometimes frustrated with their investment, that some of the the early telematics offerings that came out and some that were sort of point solutions that that don't fit into all of their other technologies for a consolidated, easy-to-use solution. So it's kind of good, I think, to look at uh, some of the commonalities there. Um, and hopefully we'll drive into that and some of the other questions more about, you know, understanding the problem you're trying to solve. You know, uh, a couple of things that I think we'll talk about today. One is that construction focus that you need to have in order to solve a problem. You need to, to understand that problem and have kind of a deep love of that problem. The second one is, is it really tying all those systems together? To, to really help you move from, you know, kind of a paper to a digital process. Actually, you know, Jay, I know, has done a, a lot of work on this with some technology companies on finding sort of commonalities on what makes a really good technology partner uh, versus, uh, you know, kind of more of a vendor. I don't know, Jay, if you want to share some thoughts on that. Yeah, happy to. Uh, and maybe even uh, continue to set the backdrop here a little bit with where we are and how we got here. I think it's important to understand in these conversations that, the industry is still really in the very early days of its transformation. There are still uh, just as many contractors or more contractors still relying on Microsoft Office suites of products in Excel uh, to handle workflows and collect data. 
you know, as there are uh, folks that are using technology software solutions, which tend to be very disconnected and disparate, where there's not a lot of effective data flow happening across systems uh, to really inform the contractor, to provide those insights so that they can make data-informed decisions. So all of this proliferation, I guess, of technology and research and development and the shift from, you know, using something as maybe uh, familiar and germane as Excel into something more sophisticated with specific business use cases and outcomes can become overwhelming to contractors. Uh, they, they, They tend to be unprepared for the journey of looking at their technology ecosystem, deciding Uh, what solutions to best pursue to improve project performance or business performance, and then ultimately to uh, cobble together uh, an ecosystem of technologies that can fully integrate. And and that's really kind of where we're at today is that over the last five to 10 years, contractors have been adopting solutions. Perhaps they were informed with the user's needs in mind, uh, most likely uh, not as much as they should be. And we have this resulting set of technologies that are really disparate, combobulated, uh, unintegrated systems. So part of what we ask uh, our contractors to do when they're pursuing technology is one, make sure that they're um, being informed by the user on what's needed in that technology, but really to seek true tech partners versus tech vendors. And, you know, tech partners are going to be technology companies that have domain expertise, understand the construction industry. They're going to be technology companies that have access to experts, even beyond their own staff, other partnerships they may have in the industry. They're going to understand the industry. They're going to understand how construction companies operate. They're going to understand how construction companies measure success, how they grade themselves and score themselves and define winning. They're going to provide training and education tools beyond just initial training at rollout, but ongoing training, ongoing education. These technology partners versus a vendor are going to be immersed in their clients' businesses as much as their clients will allow them to be. In fact, to the extent that we would like to see more technology companies understanding the strategic business objectives of their clients and bringing forth better ways to leverage their current technologies to help those clients achieve those objectives. These are all really important things that separate technology companies as being just a a transactional vendor versus technology companies that are actually partners with their clients. Now, you guys have both made some comments here that were very interesting in that trying to find a technology provider that understands construction. Is that really the the key to this? Because there's a lot of technology providers coming out offering services to construction, but they tend to be come from a technology background and not a construction background. The answer to that is yes. There are technology companies outside of the industry that have attempted to provide a solution or services to contractors that really just don't understand how unique this industry is. They don't quite understand that what may seem inefficient from the outside is that way for a particular reason once you kind of understand the industry. That's not to say that we can't improve uh, our business or how we put work in place for sure. It is very important that technology companies understand the processes and sort of operational environment of of construction companies. Yeah, I would foot stomp that, Jay. Uh, Applaud that point. And there's a lot of data behind that. I know FMIs, you know, kind of got data from 1,200 plus construction companies on where and how they see success here. And I think it's interesting to put that into maybe 
a historical perspective, particularly as we look at, at equipment management, because there's a couple that really shine out where, where people can spend money the right way and invest in the right tools to get the job done. Uh, one, as you mentioned, Kurt, is that construction focus, right? And uh, when you look at that historically, I think it's kind of fun to look at where uh, where we've seen success in the past and how do we duplicate that? You look at like ERP systems and accounting systems and the uh, in the early days of that, uh, you saw uh, systems that maybe that weren't focused on construction that people tried to to cobble together for construction. But now most companies buy something that was sort of purpose built and truly understand construction. And we see, you know, if you if you look at the data, there's vastly more success when you invest in you know a tool that was purpose built for that job uh, with that technology. A similar thing with like project management, project operation tools. Uh, you know, most people wouldn't dream of buying something that wasn't purpose-built for construction. You'd also, uh, that sort of one platform consolidation that we think of, most people wouldn't dream of owning three different project management systems to run their business today. Uh, Everybody sort of graduated past that, but up until recently, the equipment manager didn't have that same advantage. The equipment manager was forced to essentially cobble together a bunch of systems, you know, one that would, you know, potentially one or two that would manage their big yellow equipment and their their accessories and attachments, another one that might, uh, you know, manage their rubber tire fleet, right, from their low boys to their F-250s and all that stuff. And then maybe even another system or even sometimes two systems to manage their tools. And then, you know, you add in all the other things we need to think about, your con Xbox, your, your light poles, your generators, your trench boxes. Advanced companies are managing really well and, you know, saving a ton of money. It's now we're at a point where much like in the history of ERP and project management, finally we're at a system where all those pieces can be in one platform. And that's where historically we've seen a lot of success is when the field, the shop, and the office can all be existing in one simple piece of software to manage all of that. And that's kind of where we see a real advantage and the data points to a much higher level of success when you check those two basic boxes, I don't want to say there's a lot more. We could go a lot deeper here uh, to be sure, but a much bigger success rate when that uh, solution is purpose-built for construction, so the right tool for the job. And two, you're not making people decide, you know, where is all this living, you know, duplicate data entry. I've got to learn, you know, four systems instead of one is where we see a much higher failure rate versus a much higher success rate. What Russ is talking about is actually pretty exciting because uh, if you look around at the solutions available to contractors right now, particularly around uh, fleet management and equipment operations, most of the technologies that are offered aren't actually core to the company offering them. It may be an equipment uh, manufacturer that happens to have you know, some platform to help contractors uh, account for their equipment, or it could be an out of industry fleet management platform that's really focused on cars and trucks, but really does not understand heavy equipment. Or it might be a tool manufacturer, and there are multiple tool manufacturers that offer tool tracking capabilities or small powered equipment tracking capabilities, where really these solutions tend to be secondary to their core business. Building out the most effective platform that can extend beyond just that specific use case so that data can be aggregated and better managed and understood across a contractor's uh, operations is important. And to Russ's point, you have to understand that in a contractor's business, uh, that equipment manager isn't just responsible for pickup trucks. 
they're not just responsible for yellow iron. They're not just responsible for generators or highly preferable, high value hand tools. They're generally responsible for all of that. So why not provide them with a solution that is all inclusive? Now, now Jay, you have an extensive background in construction. So I'd like you to address the, the, the next question is basically the reality is the construction industry lags in the adoption of new technology. Part of this might be due to past experiences, especially with equipment management technology. There have been mixed results in the past. What separates companies who have success implementing new equipment management technologies and those who have grown frustrated with the technology? Uh, that's a really good question. We have to accept it and grapple with it and improve on it. So the, the issues that are really in the way of fully adopting effective fleet management solutions is that are the same things in the way uh, of contractors adopting really any solution. And that is interest in leadership, a clear vision for what technology means to the organization and how they are planning to consider technology as a part of their business objectives or even operations performance Deliberately committing to investing in the tools that are necessary, the right tools, the tools that meet the needs of the end user. And when I say tools, I mean technology tools, but getting that user buy-in and user feedback to inform where there are opportunities or quite frankly, needs, compelling needs to pursue technology. And then of course, having an overall approach to do this, having an approach to deliberately and methodically take those user needs and distill those into technical requirements to then go to the market again in an organized fashion to scout the right technologies, to vet those technologies, to find those technologies that again are going to act as a partner with the contractor. And then of course, it's the implementation side to make sure that they understand what's expected of them as a contractor on the implementation side, to make sure that they are communicating their requirements of the technology company for implementation to ensure stickiness. But these are all the things that are really kind of in the way in general for contractors to effectively pursue and adopt solutions and build out a fully functional tech stack. It really comes down to processes and procedure for pursuing and implementing technology. Those are great points. Maybe take that and be a little more prescriptive to make it useful for the listeners today is if you want to be successful with implementations, I think of three boxes that you absolutely want to be sure to check if you want your implementation to be successful and get the most out of your investment. One is did you get everybody's feedback? The bad side of this is, you know, sometimes you hear an executive or an owner that like sits through a product demo, thinks it sounds awesome, and then buys it. Um, and we see a high failure rate uh, there when they haven't gotten that field feedback. You know, what, what does the shed and the maintenance people need out of this? What do the equipment operators out in the field actually need from this? How can they do their job better and save more time and get way more work done with the same amount of time? Where are they wasting time? Where's their dual entry? You know, when is stuff stolen or lost? Uh, how do we know when equipment is or isn't utilized or on a site, right? So that data up front, what you might call a wisdom of the hive concept is take the time to gather that feedback. So number one, if you're going to solve a problem, make sure you know what those problems are up front, right? Um, number two, I would say is, and I think Jay was absolutely touching on this, to sort of have a plan. If you're going into an implementation, know what you are doing and when, what your technology partner is doing when, and everybody should agree to that. I'm also a little surprised to bring this up when you think, you know, construction, you know, we, we certainly don't show up on the job site 
without having a plan, right? We know what's happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and who's doing what. We need to apply the same rigor to the implementation of technology. You know, who's doing what, who's responsible for what, uh, what is the time frame from when it's being done, right? Better planning. And the third one is make sure that you have somebody showing up that truly understands your problem. You know, f- speaking for Tenna, I view this as part of our secret sauce, right? You know, if someone is showing up to install a system for you and they can't tell you the difference between a trench box and a connex box, how well are they going to be in terms of taking you through this process, right? So that third box would be make sure that it's not like some third-party installer that's showing up. Make sure the people that are showing up have deeply taken the time to understand your business, your needs, your process and workflow, your current technology and how that needs to integrate. And so when they show up, they know exactly the plan that they're going to execute with you as your technology partner. And that third one is important that they've taken that time with you up front and they completely understand your problem. So if you check those three boxes, then you will find that your success implementing technology skyrockets. I understand that a lot of contractors when they look at any product, They're looking for a return on investment. And with technology, that can be hard to grasp. How does a contractor go about justifying the looking at the technology and the potential return on investment? That's a huge question. There are a number of ways to measure ROI, right? I think about with my Tenna hat on, you know, you're looking at everything from utilization uh, to how do you avoid theft? How do you do better maintenance? How do you make it so it's simple and easy to use so all of your folks are absolutely saving time and and delighted and all using the same system. One simple ROI that we're seeing with many of our customers today is that because they've had to invest in multiple systems to solve this problem, and not just those multiple systems and that investment, but also the investment of making that work with your other tools and technology, right? You know, if you have multiple systems and you want to tie that into project operations or into accounting, now you have multiple systems. You got to worry about how you're making all those work together and you end up with kind of a complex web. Um, But at a really simple level, I look at ROI of, hey, if you are getting one system instead of three, well, that math is pretty simple. And that ROI is, that's back of the cocktail napkin math that you can go, well, today I'm buying three or four systems. Tomorrow I'm going to be buying one. So that's probably the simplest ROI. Maybe that's the dimes instead of the dollars. And the real dollars is, is, you know, as you're better managing your equipment fleet, what's the true money you save there? But frankly, I like that, you know, our pitch can be pretty easy and you can just do an ROI uh, uh, based on the simple consolidation aspect. But let me shut up and turn it over to somebody smarter, uh, Jay. So ROI is a good conversation to have. And probably with technology such as fleet management, it's a little easier to calculate ROI. But fundamentally, when you're talking about a return on investment, traditionally speaking, you're expecting a return on capital in some way, right? Well, with technology, the reality is what we're trying to do is we're trying to adopt a technology that just provides a better outcome from the current state. So that's not always easy to be able to put into a dollar and cents format, or at least one that's well representative of the true outcome. However, uh, when contractors want to pursue an ROI assessment of a potential technology initiative, they have to be willing to put in some of the work. They have to be willing to measure a baseline, the current state. That's going to require some sort of a time study, some sort of assessment of financials to establish what the cost of the current state is. What's the cost of doing nothing, right? And then they're going to have to either assume 
what the results will be from a performance perspective, as an example, or simply adopt the technology and then measure the uh, the results after implementation. And that can be very difficult to do. Again, these are contractors that don't have a lot of extra labor lying around. They've got work to do. They've got projects to win. And so this can be a struggle for sure. However, th- this is something that I'm actually kind of proud to say. There are ROI calculators available. In fact, Tenna has an amazing one that FMI has reviewed and, and feels you know pretty confident with. There are ROI calculators like Tenna's where There are assumptions built into the calculator that hopefully have been vetted in some way, you know, like we have with Tenna. And those assumptions, in addition to some user input, do truly provide a return on investment assessment that's, you know, within the margin of acceptability, right? It's going to be a range, but it'll give you an idea for how much better can my company operate or my projects perform pursuing this technology. The other thing to think about, though, is there's a lot of intangible ROI here that's also difficult to calculate. How do you value instilling predictability into your business, right? That's a very difficult thing to monetize or to put a value on. How do you put a value on talent retention? There are certainly some ways you can do that, but it's difficult to identify how much talent retention has improved because of, let's say, uh, a technology or how much uh, predictability has improved in in what that value is uh, adopting a technology. So yes, particularly with fleet management, like Tenna's ROI calculator, you can do it. But fundamentally, when companies are pursuing a technology initiative, in some ways, instead of looking at technology as, as a financial vehicle producing a return on an investment, they should be looking at it as, what, what are my goals for the business? Where do I know the problems lie? And what technologies do I need to adopt to improve the current state? You had mentioned uh, you know, the reality that contractors do work with limited resources. And contractors often work in an environment where time is a precious commodity. And there are several competing facets of the business that, that they have to pay attention to. Given these realities, how critical is support and service to a contractor's success with equipment management technology? Really, Kurt, it's everything. Uh, you, uh, a contractor could make the best decision for the technology that provides all of the functionality that they need, that provides a wonderful user interface, that maybe is has a fully connected backend for data flow. But if you can't have proper implementation and rollout and therefore get maximum adoption, the technology is useless. And so, as you pointed out, contractors don't typically have robust IT departments with, let's say, uh, an implementation team internal to the organization, because for the most part, contractors aren't steadily rolling out new technologies. So what are those people doing when we're not rolling out tech? Therefore, it is really important that the technology partner, uh, that being the solution that the contractor selects, really own their share of implementation and rollout. Now, now look, the, the contractor needs to make sure that they're properly communicating, motivating, rallying the troops, if you will, around the benefits of the technology and getting folks bought into the initiative. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to things like setting up the, the milestone schedule, setting expectations around what's happening when so that folks can work, you know, any potential disruption into their work week or into their daily operations. That's important. When we talk about technology companies taking more of a partner role, we're also talking about those companies 
uh, taking lead in working with, let's say, the IT representative inside the contractor uh, or whoever they've retained to handle IT to facilitate uh, you know, those data flows and those integrations with other systems that may be available. We're talking about training, like I said before, initially and ongoing. You see, all these things that I'm talking about would be foreign for a contractor to really understand. It's really important for the technology company to take the lead in making sure that the contractor understands what implementation looks like, what that commitment is, what the milestones are, and what's, what should be expected on both sides of this relationship, if you will. You want to look at a partner that kind of puts all these pieces together. That equipment management specifically is hard. We've made great progress in, in project operations and accounting for companies. You know, if you look at a good equipment management, you've kind of got the necessary evil of the hardware. It's, it's, it's hard to make the hardware for construction-specific telematics. It gets muddy. It gets dirty. You've got to think about how attachments assign to your equipment and whether you're a cat shop or a deer shop or a Komatsu shop or whether on the, on the small end you're Hilti or Milwaukee or DeWalt, et cetera, um, and whether you're Ford or Chevy or Tesla Cybertruck, it shouldn't matter. Uh, you need to have the hardware that covers all of that. And then, of course, awesome software is the most important thing. Does it do everything you need for uh, utilization, maintenance, preventative maintenance, you know, tracking where it is on the job site and actually tracking in an automated fashion, you know, what project equipment's on and who it's assigned to and all that great stuff, right? Um, and then, you know, we've been talking about implementation and customer service. It is hard to put all of those moving pieces together and then also make that uh, incorporate easily and seamlessly into your system of systems and then have a mobile interface that works great for the field. Um, so the fact that it's taken us this long to get here really shouldn't be all that surprising. You know, why is construction slow to adopt technology? I think it's because they have to be. It's not because they don't want to, but you got to wait for the right tool to show up for the job. And putting all those pieces together is hard. And finding that system of systems, if you will, to purposefully serve construction and all of their different equipment needs, it's not a layup. It's a three-pointer at the buzzer kind of move. I like this partnership discussion that we've kind of put all these pieces together. Now, Russ, from our conversations with contractors, I think most contractors really realize the advantages of equipment management technologies, but yet the utilization still remains relatively low. What are the hurdles that contractors are facing? What, what are the main things that are, in, that are obstacles in front of utilization of these technologies? I would start with something purpose-built for construction, of course. Um, but I would say besides looking at just the technical features and, and functionality, like does it check this box, literally see how easy it is to do. You know, executives and, and well, actually everybody in the field and shop should actually see how easy it is to accomplish things. And is it, you know, things like dual data entry or does it take seven steps to do something? If I want to request a piece of equipment from the field, is that seven steps or is that one or two steps. It's more than just checking the box. It's more of, can I see the live data? Is it here? Is it trusted? It's not a piece of paper waiting to get back to the office, or it's not sitting in one system versus the other system, and you got to figure out where it is. If it's all in one system, and it's super easy to use and super intuitive, and then back to you know Jay's points of implementation, that it's installed well, all the data is passing, and there's been training, and you've got users, and you've got, you know, you got a question, you can pick up a phone and talk to a person instead of, you know, maybe sending an email and waiting for a response. You kind of put all those pieces together, and that's where you get to super high utilization, and that's where we see great success in construction. 
And of course, I'd add on top of that, make sure you bought the right tool. If you want to pound a nail, it doesn't matter if you buy the best screwdriver in the world, right? Make sure you bought a hammer. <laughs> so you, you just got to piece those concepts together. I don't know. Jay, would you add anything there? Yeah, you touched on all of the really good stuff, but just a couple of uh, points to maybe put a bow in it. I mentioned before, we mentioned before and talked about the fact that there's a lot of solutions that are attempting to appeal to construction that aren't built for construction. But even within those technologies that are built for construction, maybe even by folks that used to be in construction, there's still a bit of a problem with technology that's not really built for the field, right? Russ touched on this in terms of the durability and reliability of products in particular. Think about user interface. You know, we've got gloves on, or maybe we tend to have maybe some dirt in our fingers where, you know, the tactile nature of using a tablet or whatever needs to keep that in mind. And then of course the application within that tablet also needs to keep that in mind. So being built for the field is really important um, and can be a barrier. The other thing that's a bit of a barrier, and I didn't really realize this when I was in the business, when I was a project manager or even a senior VP, I didn't really appreciate how much variation there is contractor to contractor with how we perform operations or run our businesses. At a very high level, how you process an, uh, an RFI or how you would plan uh, assigning resources like equipment to a project in, in pre-construction may seem very similar coming to company, but it's actually very different when you get into the tactical aspect of how that's done. For fleet management, as an example, how companies uh, handle asset management or how uh, fleet shops are staffed, whether or not they have in-house maintenance teams, et cetera, are all different company to company. So to have an appreciation for that as a technology company to make sure that your solution can scale or can accommodate those variations company to company is very, very important. The other thing that I think is it cannot be uh, overstated is that we are still having significant problems with job site connectivity. The solutions that can allow data to be logged and synced up when a connection is live. Those are the technologies that are critical for being effective on the job site. But there are a lot of construction technologies still out there that need a live consistent signal for job site connectivity for them to be effective. Otherwise, it's not logging data, it's not syncing up. And this is a real problem. Now, you know, maybe with the with 5G coming on board and that growing, uh, you know, across the country, this problem will be solved. It likely will be to some degree, but it's really important that we keep in mind that sometimes the issues with adoption are a little bit out of the control of the contractor. But with good technology development, uh, we can overcome some of these obstacles like job site connectivity. Well, I really appreciate both you, Russ and Jay, for taking time to talk to us today. Thanks for listening to Tenetop. If you enjoyed this episode, visit our website at www.tena.com to learn how you can know more, control more, and make more with your mixed fleet assets. Join us again next time. Bye-bye.